Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos on Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello and thank you for joining us in Growing Together. I'm Claire Venice and I'm once again at the Adhurst Estate Allotment with the wonderful Steve Amos. Good morning. Hello Steve. Where's your sunglasses? I know. It's <laughs> glorious, isn't it? It's beautiful. We, we're doing a first, actually. This is a second growing together. I know, how exciting. Cool. Our two fans have demanded <laughs> that we do more. I'm loving it. By popular demand. By popular demand. <laughs> a listener in North Wales. <laughs> it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and Linda, actually. Linda Knutson. Lovely to see you at the pool the other day, Linda. Just a little shout out to say hi. But we are. We're down on the allotment. Bright and early. Yeah, it on is a nine Friday o'clock. Morning. Nine o'clock. Not on just on any Friday, but Good Friday. And it is. It is glorious. Yeah. It's going to be a good day. We're the only ones here. I thought it might be a bit busier. Well, I think people are probably getting all their family stuff done today, or they've gone away for the weekend. Obviously, I think I know my neighbour is doing family stuff today, Easter Sunday. I think he's going to be here all day. I think it's going to be a full day. And my full day here this weekend is going to be Monday, actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the whole weekend oh, is it's looking going to be great. amazing, yeah, isn't no, it? No, it's going to be great. Lots to do, though. It's a busy... We've said it before. Such a busy time. I know. I know. I, th- I think April is probably the busiest, isn't it? Um, for getting stuff in the ground, getting stuff planted, getting stuff sown, getting stuff hardened off. The list just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Those repairs that you didn't quite get around to, they need to be done... And the grass needs cutting. It does. Constantly, already. Yeah, What's well, going it's on? an early season for grass cutting, hasn't it, actually? Well, it was so warm, wasn't it, in well, early March, wasn't it? It was really warm. But I have to say, if you are going to cut your grass, and this is something that I do, don't do it so close to the ground so early on in the season because it won't recover. I don't think it's good to cut the grass short at any time, is it? You know, I don't, unless you've got, you know, a bowling green lawn, I think a lot of people do cut their lawns too low. I know I've cut grass for people in the past and oh we'd like it a bit lower than that. And I, was like, I don't think it's the best for it. You need a bit of bit of top on it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Actually saying about grass, I I think it's you know, thinking about it it's fairly obvious, but now's the time of year to be doing the, the whole weed and feed. You know, the moss killer and all that kind of stuff in there. I was reading an interesting article that someone had said their homemade compost they reckon had killed all their plants. And of course what they'd done, they'd weed and feeded their lawn, cut it or scarified it, put all the stuff on the compost and all the weed killer was still in the compost. So when they then mulched or composted stuff, stuff just died and it was just riddled with weed killer. Oh, that's terrible. I know. But Gosh, so, yeah, you wouldn't you, think about that. You wouldn't, would you? No. But reading the article, it was like, so obvious. Why hadn't I thought about that? But yeah. Good point. Yeah. And yes, I do. I rake my lawn this time of year. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, not, hopefully you've not got a big lawn. Yes. <laughs> That's a shoulder killer, that it is. It is. It's a good workout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is a good time to do that, to get rid of all the debris and any of the moss that you don't like. As you know, I'm renting at the moment, and um, down one side of the lawn, I don't think sees much sun at all during the year, because there's a great big high, thick Lelandi hedge. And that's all moss. So I fear if, if that was raked out, there'd be no green at all. So I'm just going to leave it. It'll I be like fine. a bit of moss, actually. It's green. It's yes. green. And looking from afar, it looks quite nice. Just don't look too closely at my lawn. <laughs> well, it has been amazing. I mean, I've loved the daffodils this year. And I've got muscari in my garden as well. And that 
purpley blue has just popped and it does it just catches your eye doesn't it it's absolutely stunning and with the yellow i've, I've got yellow daffodils with the mascari well the problem is a wonderful you, color combination where you put the mascari depends on how you deal with it doesn't it because it self-seeds so easily and then just is rife everywhere and unfortunately i'm gonna to have to dig it out of that bed around the corner there which is just a flower bed but it's taken over oh that is a shame but we'll still keep it's little bulbs isn't it yes and we'll, yeah. just, we'll just keep a lot of that and we'll be fine but i just need to definitely need to thin it out this year <laughs> i quite like that i quite like that wildness because i've got some that's popped onto my driveway so i've left uh, it there, yeah, yeah, just no, on the brilliant. side yeah, yeah. but i do quite like that slight well everything madness. seems to be you, you said the, the blue and the yellow but it's weird isn't it you know it's it's very it's also very topical at the moment with ukraine and being the blue and yellow flag and i was driving back from the northeast and all the rape seeds are out so coming down the M1, either side, you know, you've got these huge fields of, of the bright yellow rape. And then it was quite a nice day. And you've got the, the blue and the yellow huh. as we got over. And my daughter was sat in the back and she was desperate to try and get a photograph of it. But we never quite got a oh. good enough photograph of that lorry going past or something like that. Yeah. But it, it was yeah, it was interesting. You know, that blue and yellow combination is lovely and very topical at the moment. You're right about the rapeseed, though, because that is coming out. And I don't know if that's early. I don't know. It seems it? to get earlier and earlier. Yes, it does. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know. It's but lovely. It's a lovely colour, though. So there's also tulips are coming out, I've noticed. Mine yep. haven't quite all come out yet. I get a bit sad when the daffodils start going. Yes. Think, oh, what's next? What's gone, next? But what's it soon next? comes, doesn't it? Well, I don't know if you've seen the end of my neighbour's um, shed there. I'm not sure whether they're purposely planted there or it's just a bin. But the tulips, he, he's obviously thrown some tulip bulbs either away or just in a bucket. And they're all flowering. It looks really nice. It actually. does. <laughs> the accidental gardener strikes again. Yeah, gorgeous pink tulips in a black bucket. In a black bucket, yeah, I know. <laughs> Couldn't have planned it Bless any him. better, could he? <laughs> so, Steve... We're on the allotment, and of course, we can't come here without asking you about Project Carrots. Please, can we have an update? Well, I gave you a little a little tour earlier. The long carrots are planted, and one box of the stump-rooted carrots are planted, as are, I know we're talking Project Carrot, but the parsnips, to my surprise, have all germinated. So every station I've planted is up. I, th I thought I was down one station, but I had a close look this morning, and there's just a little tip of a parsnip shoot coming up. So they're all done. This weekend, I've got the other two boxes. I think I might do another box of parsnips and another box of stump-rooted carrots. So that'll be me done then for carrots. But um, I've still got a couple of bags of compost left, which I mix up by hand. I've got the scales there for the magic blend of uh, Medwin's secret recipe <laughs> for growing super carrots. So yeah, we're, it's, it's off and running. It's all good. Looking good. Yeah. Do you get nervous now? I mean, oh. I know there's all stages. I'm sure there's a huge amount of like, different steps of nervousness as you go along the season. But now the seeds have germinated and they've popped well, out. Well, there's sort of three stages of nervousness growing anything for shows. Um, one, are they going to germinate? Um, two, are they going to survive? Three, carrots especially... What are they going to look like when you pull them? Have I got the mix right? You know, have they hit a, a larger piece of sharp sand just underneath the surface and split? You know, I could, I could have 150 split carrots, which would be fine for the kitchen. You know, the taste on them is, is amazing, but it's just nerves all the way through. <laughs> I don't know why I do it to myself. <laughs> I'm enjoying listening to your story, Steve, but I wouldn't enjoy the nervous. Well, I, I don't know. I think these, these big time growers, I think, Excuse the expression, but they, they must have balls of steel because I'm not sure how they do it because they grow hundreds of these things. I imagine they don't leave them alone. They must be constantly checking that everything's okay. They must do. Talking to Medwin, he grows so much 
you know, because you see his displays at Chelsea and Malvern Show and stuff like that, and it's incredible. He's got like 20 or 30 onions on the display, which are fine because if you grow 50 onions, you could probably get 20 semi-decent ones to put in a show. But, you know, when you look at all the other veg, the tender veg and stuff like that, like the tomatoes and the, the carrots and the courgettes and everything else, he must grow thousands of these plants to get so much stock for these displays because the displays must be five meters across absolutely unbelievable so yeah i'm nowhere near that and i'm never going to get like that i don't think <laughs> i might have to win the lottery and retire because i think yeah it's, it's a lot of hard work well i'm enjoying it i'm looking forward to seeing no, you good, later good. in the season well i hope you enjoy eating carrots because there'll be some spares love them so what else have you got coming on at the allotment here steve shallots in and I planted them a couple of weeks ago and they're doing really well. The garlic you can see is looking really healthy this year, which is awesome. I've got sweet peas to plant this weekend and then I've got a whole bunch of stuff in the greenhouse at home that needs to come up here to the cold greenhouse here to start hardening off loads of flowers. Onions, I've got, oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to put them all. I, I think I might have about 200 onion plants. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I've certainly got... I think I've got 75, the big onions, the Kelsey onions. I've got 75 of those. Are you going to fit them in here? I don't know. If, if anyone here has surplus, is there a, I'll give out extra stuff that I have and then maybe you get something else in return? I, I'm not sure whether it would be a good forum to do it, but the Petersfield Plants and sort of Seed Swap group on Facebook, there's always seems to be stuff going on there. I'm a recent addition to that, but there's always stuff being given away there. I'd imagine that would be a good starting point. And if you've got a real glut of stuff, I'd imagine the hub up by the station, if you contacted them, I'd have thought they would be really interested in getting some fresh veg. That's a good point. Actually, yeah, yeah Lucy Lomax would be happy to receive. Is that, is that who it is, Excess. is it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, the first lockdown, my vice chairman, Coxie, he had a brilliant idea of um, over-sowing veg. So we, everyone on purpose grew more. And we contacted the Salvation Army, an age concern. And every Monday, we'd give like three or four trays full of veg to them to do hot meals for sort of the elderly or those that don't have as much as it were. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a real good incentive. Well, I've taken your advice actually with dahlias, my dahlia seeds, which I started. Oh yeah. Going back way back when, February time, I think it was. Yeah. I've potted them on. Yep. And I've used vermiculite. Oh yes. As a mixture yep, with the good. compost yeah, to help yep. with drainage. Now I've never used vermiculite before. It's a game changer. I know, it really is. It's my new best friend, Steve. Is it? Yeah. Everything is probably going to have. It can be very expensive. So it's probably worth, sorry, independent retailers, but it's probably worth looking online and buying, if you're going to start using it, I buy it in 75 litre bags. Do you? Yes. Okay. Because I generally, my mix for potting on, I use three scoops of um, general purpose compost and one big scoop of vermiculite or perlite. I've got both. What's the difference? I think perlite's man-made, I think. Okay. And vermiculite's an actual mineral. It doesn't add anything to the soil. Yeah. It just adds more or less structure to it, if you like. It just creates more gaps for the roots. And I, you know, like I said, and now you're, you're doing the same, it, I think it just creates a more healthy root structure because they, they're not stuck in that sort of solid lump of compost. They've got space to move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, no it works well. Thank yeah. you very much no for problem. that tip. No problem. I've been enjoying mixing it. That is therapeutic, isn't it? it? Is yeah, lovely. yeah. Get your hands in there. Yeah. We're doing a good thing for radio again. Get your hands in there yeah. and mixing stuff up. Yeah, no, it's good. So they're looking healthy, my dahlias. Very healthy. Good. And actually, I'll, I'll be doing the same with probably the tomatoes. I've got to pop those on as well. And yeah. lots of other stuff. My greenhouse is full. Bursting. Yeah. Ah. Joined by a fellow gardener. Hi. Hello, mate. You're right. 
I'll just show you a cut the grass. How are you? Oh, very nice. Good on you, mate. It's all looking okay, no? Yeah, no, it's looking good, mate. Thank you, as always, for all your hard work. And actually, I've been putting my sweet peas out. Yeah. Getting them used to being outside, and, and I'm tempted to plant them out well, now. Well, mine are going in this weekend. Are they? Yep. Yep. The, the time is now, I don't know whether the time is now, but the time for mine is now, definitely. They've been outside for two weeks now. You know, Overnight yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a sheltered spot, but they've weathered, weathered the storms, weathered the, um, the, the cold nights, so, and they're, they're looking really healthy and they need to go because I need the space. Well, they also get to a point where they, they're climbing up, aren't they? Mine are. They started sort of flopping over, so they, they definitely need to go in. And I grow mine in um, retainers. Have you used retainers before? I, I have, the, yeah. but for my sweet peas, I tend to use toilet rolls. Oh, yes, you said about that, didn't mm. you? Yeah, because I think it's important not to disturb the roots. So the retainers are really good for that, as are toilet rolls. But the other thing that I grow in retainers, this is why I need the space, is sweet corn. I put my sweet corn in about now, and I use retainers to do that. Again, they don't like their roots being disturbed, so the retainers work really well. Now, I'm toying with doing sweet corn. I haven't grown sweet corn for a number of years. Okay. How yep. much sweet corn do you grow? You see the medium-sized beds there, which is what, two metres by a metre? Mm -hmm. I do a block in one of those. Do you? Because yeah. they do need to be grown in a block, That's don't right. they? not just yeah, in a row. Because they pollinate themselves. Yeah. You know, the little tassels on the top of the plants, that has all the pollen in. And they, when the wind blows, it shakes that, drops the pollen onto the, um, onto the sweet corn itself, pollinates it, and away you go. So each plant, you get two good cobs of corn off it. And I probably grow between 10 and 14 plants. So it's so, worth it for uh, you to do that. And do you know what? Up there with asparagus, sweet corn, freshly picked, boiling water, you don't even need butter. Lovely. So good. And they look lovely. I think the plants oh, they do. are yeah, really Yeah, yeah, no, they do. Really structural, aren't they? Yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, you might have convinced me. Do it. <laughs> do it. But I grew a couple of years ago, I grew that mini corn. Waste of time. Is it really? Did you get anything? I, I'm quite opinionated, as you may have heard. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. And it was it was quite big and it wasn't like the stuff you get in the shops it was okay but i think you get much more return for your money growing the, the proper stuff um something like swift or something like that is a mm. good one go for it what and what else have you sown i mean i've just put in in the last couple of weeks since i last spoke to you first lot of peas are coming up i've got those in trays actually on the windowsill in my front room yep they popped up yep really quickly uh, love seeing them and I've also put some climbing French beans okay. in. I'm growing those again inside. Yep. Running out of room again, but I yeah. haven't put my bolotis in yet. Have you oh, yeah, you said about your bolotti beans. Yeah. Yes, I, I had a big planting session the other day. All my beans in. It's French beans, runner beans. I grow two types of runner beans. I grow your normal table runner beans. And we always have a, a longest runner bean competition mm. here at the allotment. And um, I got up to nearly two foot long. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So, um, so I select <laughs> seeds from some of the longer pods and grow them. And I've done that for a number of years. And they've just got slightly longer and longer and longer oh, every time. They don't look very nice. And they, I wouldn't eat them when they're that long. You know, a two foot long runner bean is bonkers. But it's all about beating next door, beating Coxie. And he always says, like, this year, this year is my year. And he gets seeds from all over the place. He won't be getting them from there this year. But he even got some from Russia. 
How we got them through customs, I don't know. But he got some Russian runner beans that were going to knock spots off everybody else's. Nah, didn't work. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, okay. so, so they're in. French That's beans, great. runner beans, and all the squashes and um, pumpkins and courgettes. I planted all those as well. Have so, you? Yep. Yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah, so I mean, this is, there's still time to, to plant those oh. in the next oh, couple of weeks or so. Absolutely. Yeah. Right the way through to April, beginning of May, definitely. But I just wanted to get get everything done everything planted and and on its way really exciting times, times. I know, exciting I know. times. well i was excited because the other day my yellow rattle plugs oh, arrived they've, they've arrived have they i sort of Excellent. had forgotten about them and then this little tiny box what a surprise live lovely. plants arrived yeah it is lovely isn't it yeah. you forget and then they come i haven't put them in the ground yet that's something this weekend they need to go in they're outside i've been watering them yeah but that is really exciting and i've also bought some more wildflower seeds yes so i've actually cut the little bit of lawn that we're converting into a yeah. wildflower meadow. I've cut that right down. I haven't taken the grass off because that's what the yellow rattle is going to yep. happen. Yeah, yeah. And then I will so just scatter a bunch of seeds and hope that they'll take as well. I Brilliant. might put a bit of compost on top of them just to give them a bit yeah, of something would, to, yeah, yeah. To, to grab I, onto. I would, definitely. But that's the plan for this this the rest of this month, actually. That's what is that, going that to what's going to happen? And Excellent. April's a good month for doing that, for sowing wildflower seeds. Yeah, but I think it's important to get a bit of bare ground that the seeds can get stuck into, and maybe you know once you've once you've sown it, put some compost over the top, and maybe maybe tamp it down, okay. just walk over it, just, just so that there is contact with the ground, and keep and keep them watered, especially if we've got no rain coming for the next few weeks. Well, I've had to water quite a lot. I know it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, luckily my water, I use water butts. I've got a couple yep. of big water butts at home, so I use those. Well, we're surrounded are, but... by water butts here, aren't we? You are actually. <laughs> <laughs> we are. <laughs> I think between Coxie and I, I think I think we've got about fourteen. I think. I actually hadn't realised quite how many water yeah, yeah. butts there are. <laughs> There's a whole family of them exactly. sat by. Yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, I remember my granddad. My granddad was a big grower, and I think okay. influenced by him, my gramps, who just ha- had an allotment up the road from where he lived in Oxford, and I had those fond memories, like a lot of us do, of yeah, yeah. going up to the to the allotments when you were little picking peas and right, okay. um, broad beans and did you say you've planted your peas in in trays i have so when, when do you think it's a good because so i've never grown peas when do you think it's a good time to plant them in the ground well i always wait until the frost really has gone okay. i mean i'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure they'll be fine if you put them in now yeah if even if you start them in now it'll be fine it'll just they'll just take okay. a little bit longer to come up i will harden them off yeah i grow them in seed trays individual little plug trays yeah, yeah. because the mice get them oh yeah the mice get the them mice. even if i put them in my greenhouse the mice get them so I, i'm very careful i've They're like you them. i've had problems with with mice eating yes. sweet pea seeds and well this year mine, mine weren't eaten at all which i was delighted about so they've mm-hmm. not touched them so whether there's no mice at the vicarage who knows but <laughs> might be lucky. You might be lucky. we'll see i we'll don't see. take any risks so yeah they're inside at the moment then I'll take them outside during the day to get them used to being yeah. outside and then I'll pop them in the ground saw, and cover them up. I saw a great thing on the internet. Someone had used guttering, compost, sown seeds in the compost, in the gutter, and then dug a shallow drill and then just slid the, the whole lot into the thing, ready to go. That's a clever idea. Yeah, it looked really yeah. good. It looked, it looked great idea. And the other thing I've been doing, actually, I've got a bed of strawberries. Every year I wonder if I should dig them up and start again with this bed. But I do love popping out to the garden and picking fresh strawberries. Oh, mice like them as well, don't they? They do. And I the cover them. I leave a few out because I like to think that you've got to feed Grow enough for everybody friends. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the strawberries, because they send out runners at the end of the growing year, it ends up looking a bit of a mess by yeah. patch. 
and strawberries tend to last they're, they're good for about sort of three years mm. the plants and so right, you want yeah. to leave the new runners in if you can or at least some of them because they're your new plants well i, I take the to... runners off and pot them on i just, do that too sometimes just put them in a pot just mm. cut them off you always see the starts of the little roots on the bottom of the runner. Just pop them off into some general purpose compost and, and you've got your next three years worth of, worth of plants. Well, I dug all my strawberries up a couple of years ago. Did you? And um, you see the drain pipes. Oh, mm. I love a drain pipe, don't I? <laughs> um, see the drain pipes with holes. I've grown them vertically. So it's the second year they've been in that they just need a lot of love because obviously there's not much water going on. I was going to say, on. you need to water those a lot. A lot. Yeah. We get a few strawberries off them, but the mice can't climb up the pipes. <laughs> the birds found it difficult, but they do need a lot of love. And I think up here, if you're not here every single day and watering those every single day, it's probably not It's not worked as well as I'd have hoped. Oh, that's a space. good idea. Yeah, yeah. Really good idea. Good use of space. Yeah, you know, there's a massive true. return on space just that's by brilliant. growing vertically. Well, this, there seems to be, I've noticed around the place, quite a movement of doing vertical wall planting. Yes, it looks nice, Have you doesn't seen it? That? Yeah, yeah, it looks really nice, doesn't it? But it must take a lot of watering to keep Again, those plants but I think going. If, if you're going to invest in something like that, I think an irrigation system that you can just turn a tap on and have a leaky pipe or something over the top. Yeah, you must do, mustn't yeah, you? Yeah, it you, will yeah, just I, not last otherwise. You'd be up a stepladder all the time, wouldn't you, with yeah. the watering can? So we're sitting here in the sun, Steve. It's glorious. It I keep just... saying it, it's beautiful. <laughs> so good it's really warm it's about half past nine isn't it in the morning yeah it is i've just checked my watch it is half past nine it's oh, beautiful it's, really it's hot and we're joined by a fellow allotment here who's Dougie. mowing the lawn dougie's as you may be able to hear in the background is one of our absolute grafters here on the allotment and thank goodness for people like him because you get so much done if it involves cutting digging dragging burning dougie's your man oh brilliant yeah oh, everyone needs a dougie then. absolutely we need to wait till he just goes past for a moment i think And the birds haven't stopped singing oh, again. It's lovely, isn't it? Actually, behind you, there's a little wooden shed. I don't know if you've seen the robin going in and out. And then we've got so many tits around here. The great tit usually sits on the, on the branch just up there and shouts and shouts and shouts. And we've got, um, I'm not sure we've got blue tits or great tits in the little bird box. There, we always have a family of either blue tits or great tits in there as well. And it's lovely because oh, you hear them. The mum comes in and they squeak, squeak, and then stop. And if you make a noise, they're making loads of noise and then they stop. And it's brilliant. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, 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 it's great. Do you feed the birds on the allotments or is there um, enough around here for them? I don't up here. I think there's loads, loads for them to eat up here. But some people do. But again, it's that constantly topping stuff up and feeling that we've got so much wildlife here. It's amazing. I was actually talking to Phil, who's spoken on here before, who's our environmental officer. And he was saying, apparently there's quite a healthy population of dormice around here as well. Oh, Which lovely. is awesome. So we're, we're talking about how we can improve some areas to encourage more habitat for, for the dormice around here as well, which, is, which would be awesome. That's really special. Yeah, no, it is. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And then I think, you know, sort of going on from that, I don't know whether you, you're aware, but as of the 1st of April, finally, the metaldehyde, uh, if I've pronounced that right, the metaldehyde um, slug pellets have been banned. So you can no longer buy them. Um, you shouldn't be using them. Um, they're, they're finally, finally gone after many years of DEFRA probably messing up. I don't know the ins and outs of the politics about it, but um, yeah, no, it's taken a few years to get rid of them, but they now got rid of. And I think the, the, the good alternative is the ferrous phosphate. Try saying that with a, with a couple of gins inside you. Ferrous phosphate, which is just a, a much cleaner and environmentally friendly way of dealing with the slugs. Is that what you use here? I do. do yeah, you? that's what I use. Some people use nematodes. I've never really got my head around them. 
for me it comes down to an expense thing i think nematodes are, are very expensive to constantly use because it, it's not just a one hit wonder you've got to constantly add, add them to the soil but i think the the ferrous based slug pellets work well they're safe to the environment you know they're all you can get organic ones the only thing i think that you've just got to be careful of with them is, is not having them too close to a water source the amount we would use here wouldn't have any impact but you know the big time farmers that use slug deterrents and what have you on, on their crops you know i think there's there is a, a concern about the ferrous stuff to get to get that out of the the water source what do you use usually my fingers oh. <laughs> <laughs> gloved a gloved hand <laughs> nice pick them off if i can if i can i'm not always L- a late night attentive to la- late night with a torch yeah. <laughs> i watched i watched her carol klein was doing that she was going out with a torch late at night she's got a bed full of hostas and of course slugs love hostas oh, they do. don't they yes. and she was going out with a torch and turning over all these leaves and she had a whole bucket full of snails and slugs that had water in and she was just drowning the poor bugs. oh no <laughs> oh i don't kill them i'm a snail i don't do that i just tend to you just squash them no i just i'm probably not very good at it i just put them in a hedge nearby <laughs> put them in a hedge they probably then work their way well, back to where all they sorts, were before all, well this is it i can't the, do anything horrible there's all them. sorts of ways of, of trying to get rid of them eggshells and i think the community garden use sheep's wool they do yeah. yes i spoke to them about that last year yes they, they were trying sheep's it out for the, the first time so i don't know how effective it was it was it was, was really it? Okay. effective because they had a, an amazing um, crop of lettuce okay where they planted the, the slug, lettuce and they, the slugs slug couldn't make brilliant. it over the wool and the, the other thing people use are beer traps now, I, I was doing some research for my article in the Post last year, and beer traps are great, but the problem is, apparently, slugs and snails can smell beer from, like, 600 metres away. So you not only attract the ones near your slug trap, <laughs> but you attract your neighbours' ones as well. So instead of getting rid of them, you're attracting more and more slugs to your plot, apparently. So I don't know whether that's fine scientific fact, but it certainly uh, it certainly made me chuckle when I read it. Yeah, brilliant. You're not, you're not just getting rid of the slugs on your plot or your garden or your flower bed or whatever, but you're attracting them from all your neighbours as well. Creating a party. Exactly. <laughs> slug, slug party for, for anything within 500 metres. That's great. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, talking about looking after your plants, you should start really thinking about feeding plants or getting ready to start yeah. feeding yeah, plants. Yeah, no, absolutely. It comes around really quickly and actually probably quicker than you think. Mm. I, I use sort of organic uh, matter in the beds, you know, so they've got a good start when they, when they um, get going. And fish blood and bone is a great fertilizer. You know, it, again, it's, it's readily available and it's, it's not chemical based, you know, and it works really well. So my onion beds, I give a good liberal dosing of fish blood and bone and calcified seaweed actually into mm. the soil before I do it. And then, you know, they, they just need, need a top up through a watering can throughout the year something that is really greedy the dahlias dahlias need feeding all the time oh do they yeah 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 okay. yeah. yeah we'll talk about that more when when they start growing it is something to pay attention to because it's something you think oh it'll be all right once it's in the ground it'll be all right and generally it will be uh, but if you want them to thrive yeah and i was going to say generally if you put something in the ground and it grows they will be fine as long as you've prepared the soil well and as long as you've got some kind of organic matter or fertilizer or chicken manure or whatever in there they'll be fine but if you want besamine blooms they do need they do need a bit of love yeah Definitely. it does make a difference it does massively yeah yeah, yeah. I, in the past i've used liquid seaweed yes which is you dilute yeah and and that you can use that on everything you can use that on your veg on your plants it's like rocket fuel fruit. isn't it yeah. yeah yeah it's great stuff yeah no it, it smells is. a bit we have a lot of nettles where i live okay. as well and this year i'm going to try and make my own plant feed with nettles. Out of nettles, okay. So they're really high in nitrogen, aren't they? Very high in nitrogen, yes. yes, that's right. 
So, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're looking at me. <laughs> well, I've tried it once. Have you? And top tip, make it as far away from your house as you can. Because it stinks. <laughs> like, stinks. It's horrendous. I've, I've known people who've made a feed from comfrey before, Oh, yes, same Which, is, same which does have a particular... Again, really high in nitrogen. It stinks. Yeah. yeah, comfrey and nettle-based feeds. Really good free especially if you use nettles and they're readily available in the hedgerows at the moment they grow like bilio i saw one of our plot holders make some nettle soup and nettle tea and stuff like that and i saw her the other day with a little basket and she was taking out all the tips of all the nettles i mean she can have as many as she wants around here quite frankly make it away from your from your house because it really does honk and you've got to cover it as well yes yes so I've, I've i've read a little bit about this and you can find out more information online but cut your nettles and they're better when they're young yes and then to steep them in water that's right yeah and cover the bucket or the tub that you're using yeah because it ferments and creates bubbles on top yeah and then after a couple of weeks the bubbles will go down and that's when it's ready apparently. that's right yeah but it does it does pong it stinks and don't forget, <laughs> don't forget to water it down as well and then dilute it yeah because it's right. really strong yeah you burn you burn your plants if you water that straight on you'll burn your plants so i'm not sure what again have a look online but i'm not sure what solution to use but definitely dilute it yeah look it up but i'm gonna try i'm good, gonna try good on you. i'll be interested interested to know how it goes <laughs> i just need to do something about these nettles you well, use what nature gives us i will you. i will be intrigued to find out how you get on with that i'll bring you a pot i was gonna ask you have you eaten anything off your plot yet you mentioned your rhubarb i was gonna say that's the only thing that i've eaten so far the forced rhubarb worked really well was it i had nice? to say it was a super success it was beautiful no sugar required it was beautiful. I actually took my mum a load up when we went up to see her up in the northeast. And um, when I phoned her on the way back down, when we were stuck on the M1 in traffic, she was busily making rhubarb jam. Yum. But I'm contemplating doing a rhubarb and ginger vodka. So contemplated? Are you still contemplating? Contemplating, yes. I hope that happens. Uh, me too. That it will. Delicious. It will. It will. A wonderful Warming. combination. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah very nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been eating lots of herbs. Okay. They've they've come up, even the chives actually are up and out and singing, and so I have a ridiculous amount of oregano, which self-seeds all over my garden. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> but I love it, because yeah, it's yeah. a really nice looking herb. Uh, the mint is up as well, yes. which we tasted well, last. We had some black mint the other day, didn't we? That's, last time was delicious. Yeah, I think it needs a good watering, actually, looking at it. So I've been picking that and having mint tea. Parsley, which actually I leave to overwinter. That's coming back, so we've got yeah. lovely lots of nice fresh green lovely. leaves on that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm enjoying enjoying the herbs. The wild garlic's starting to come out as well, oh, isn't it? it? Is. Have you seen it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Loads down by the river. Do you? Oh, it's beautiful. Someone made wild garlic and hazelnut pesto. Ooh. Oh, it was good. With the hazelnut, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was really, really, very sweet. Lovely, really, really lovely. I like to pick the flowers when they come up and okay. put them on salads. Yes, nice, yeah. They look really so like pretty. chivy. And, yeah. Oh, lovely. Lots of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Good time to get herbs into pots. You know, we talked about pot growing the other day, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Herbs are great in pots. And Make a little herb patch. Exactly. And even if you've got space, you can do it in a pot. And what I noticed the other day, actually, at a garden centre, they had a pot recycling bin. So a big bin just outside the main entrance for all your plastic flower pots. Oh, so that's you, a really lovely. Two, one, you could either put them there and they would recycle them, or two, you could go and help yourself to them, which again is recycling them. What a brilliant idea. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I thought it was superb. It's really, really difficult, idea. isn't it? Because everyone has lots of plastic uh, pots. What are you going to do with it? You may as well use it and recycle it and upcycle it and you know just wash them out, dry them out, use them again next year. You know, then, then throw them in the recycling bin when they're finally broken. 
but I reckon, you know, depending on the pot, obviously, you can get many, many years worth of service out of a plastic pot, which I know it's plastic, but you're not putting it into into recycling or to landfill, are you? Well, they're really handy this time of year when you're potting on. Oh, God, yeah. That's I've got, when they really I've, come I've into got, their own, I've isn't got it? Hundreds, literally hundreds <laughs> of pots. I think mine multiply in the, in the garage. <laughs> I'm sure there are more and more every I need year. to keep mine away from my dog jumping up and down, throwing something around. I thought, what has she got? It was a plant pot. Oh. One of the newer ones as well. Oh, no. So it was, in re- it was in really good condition. Well, it's been really lovely sitting here in the sun with you. It has been beautiful, hasn't it? Yeah. This is the sort of thing I was really looking forward to. When we started this podcast at the beginning of January, it was cold. It was cold. We it was wet. Recording it, at your home. We were. I just had these visions of sitting at Lockman in the sun. And look, here we are today. I know. Here's to the next one. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Steve. For no problem. Second nice April to speak to you. growing together. How exciting. Lovely to see you. Take happy, care. Happy growing. Bye-bye. Well, we'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to contact Steve and I, you can contact us via Shine Radio on 01730 or you can email us on team at shineradio.uk. together new every month and always online at shineradio.uk to advertise on petersfield's shine radio or to sponsor our volunteer team call petersfield 555 500 or email team at shineradio.uk